0: Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans in NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nolajake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Thursday, a game day. We're back after the All-Star break. The Pelicans take on the Minnesota Timberwolves in the Smoothie King Center tonight. We'll break that down for you in the third segment of today's show, but before we do that, two big topics. I do want to get into um, as I release the show on time today, which is also great. First, trade deadline coming up March 25th. What's it going to look like for the Pelicans? Who's most likely to be moved? Why do I think it might be a quiet trade deadline for New Orleans? I'll explain all of that here in the first part of today's show. And then I do want to look at a stretch that the Pelicans have coming up after this back-to-back set against the Timberwolves and Cavaliers because this is where the season may be decided. Because they have a rough stretch. I'll let you know what the schedule looks like and what to maybe expect during that as well and what it means for the season going forward. So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Are you happy because you win or do you win because you're happy at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories? It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in the episode. So we're exactly two weeks away from the NBA's trade deadline, March 25th, and this is the time period where you start to maybe see some deals go down. It's usually like the week of, but it's never really earlier than two weeks out. So this is where the stove starts to heat up, deals start to get done, and teams start to kind of figure out what they're doing going forward. The Pelicans are not quite there just yet. They're coming up on it, and I'll explain what that is in the next segment. But in terms of players most likely to be traded and what's kind of the most likelihood that the team is going to do I'm going to say I think it's actually going to be a pretty muted and quiet trade deadline one in general around the NBA but also especially for New Orleans there's far more buyers than sellers I think this year which makes things a little bit difficult but New Orleans when you look at a lot of the players they have, it's not easy to find a deal. You know, we we've talked at length about what it looks like trying to move Lonzo Ball, and it's not easy to kind of find the right trade for him. JJ Redick's easier, but JJ Reddick hasn't been stellar so far this season. He's been bad defensively and he's been really inconsistent offensively too. Probably has hurt his trade value. I don't know if you get a first round pick for him anymore. Yet still, he's the most likely guy to be moved and New Orleans should move him even if it means getting a second round pick or two for his services because he's not part of the future. He's not going to be back here next year. You may as well kind of cash out and get some assets for him. A guy like Eric Bledsoe is probably not the easiest to be traded either, though I would certainly do any, almost any move with him in a second but because of all this, when you look at what's going on with New Orleans, it's it's not really easy to kind of find a trade that makes a ton of sense if they're sellers. And I do believe that at least they should be. I don't know if they necessarily think that, because you've seen their name linked to other players. Most recently it's Larry Nance Jr. from the Cleveland Cavaliers and Larry Nance jr. Would fit a lot of what new Orleans kind of needs some front court depth who can play the four, the five. He defends really well through the first couple of weeks this season. He was probably the defensive player of the year before he became injured. He gives you enough shooting. It's a useful player to put in the front court alongside Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram. Here's the thing though, when it comes to a lot of these role players, you could throw uh PJ Tucker in there, Robert Covington, even though I don't think they would move him all of this stuff You know, those guys are like ancillary players. They're role players, good quality role players or quality starters. But no one who's like a huge needle mover, given what we've seen from this team. So if you're New Orleans, do you really want to give up a future first round pick for a guy like that? Because that's what it's going to take to get Larry Nance Jr. It's going to take a first round pick of sorts. And so if you do and look in the right year, in the right circumstance, like one of those Lakers picks, one of those Bucks picks for Larry Nance Jr., Sign me up for that. Like I don't mind a trade like that. A late first for a guy who can provide quality to your team, it's good. But here's the thing you've got to think about. All of those picks that New Orleans has, they're presumably holding on to make a big swing for the next disgruntled superstar. Are you willing to trade a first-round pick for Larry Nance Jr. knowing that maybe it means you can't get Bradley Beal in the future? Or, Or like insert whatever player's name, right? you're losing an asset that would be included in that deal. Those picks aren't like the highest picks from the Lakers and Bucks. So you're trying to get it done with quantity over quality. So if you make a move for one of these ancillary guys like Larry Nance Jr. Again, a guy I like. I mean that. I like Larry Nance Jr. a lot. But it means that you might not get a superstar player in the future. And I don't know if that's a deal that I'm willing to do. And so I think that's kind of the problem that New Orleans is in. They just don't have a lot of guys who are very, very tradable to just get other players themselves. Second round picks, stuff like that, sure. No problem. But I think that it is going to be difficult for New Orleans to get a trade done. And so that's why I think they're going to end up having a pretty quiet trade deadline um, in, in two weeks. Also, by the way, I realized today is also the exact one year date of when the NBA suspended its season and New Orleans had that super weird night where season was suspended, but they might be playing basketball against the Kings and all of that. So, uh, congr- like happy one-year anniversary on that sort of thing, I guess, which, yeah, really not a happy one-year anniversary. So there you go. That's what the trade deadline might look like for New Orleans, but we'll break down more deals and more stuff with that over the next two weeks as we build up to that. And that brings us to our Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. And I want to do this one a little bit differently, right? Because there were no games last week, but we did just talk about the trade deadline and guys most likely to be moved. And the most likely player is going to be JJ Redick. So you know what? He is the ultra Player, most likely to be traded, of the week, and that's how we're going to do this. You know, when you think about it, he signaled kind of a changing of the guard here in New Orleans. The first big free agent signing for David Griffin in a vet of his stature who'd made the playoffs every year signing with New Orleans was kind of a a shocking moment and something that if you're a Pelicans fan should have made you really happy should have made you really excited about what the future could hold. And I think a lot of that is still there. So in a sense, even if the the winning wasn't there with JJ Redick, the playoffs weren't there with JJ Redick, He signaled a lot of what we should be excited about and the happiness that we're going to be feeling here in New Orleans in years to come because of the direction that this franchise is heading in. It ties in exactly to what Michelob Ultra is trying to talk about here. It's only worth it if you enjoy. You've got to enjoy the ride that you're on. And JJ Reddick was signaling the start of that ride. And at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, Michelob Ultra is definitely one that you can enjoy. Don't forget that enjoyment isn't the end game, it's the whole game. And you don't want to be miserable when you're drinking your beer. And Michelob Ultra, again, 2.6 carbs, 95 calories. You're definitely not going to be doing that. Joy creates success, and that's what they're building here in New Orleans. And as they say, are you happy because you win, or do you win because you're happy? And that's why J.J. Reddick is the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. Today's episode is also brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are all in full swing. And BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. And BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKEDON. Free money right there. Take advantage of that. There's not many places that exactly offer that sort of thing. So go to betonline.ag, use promo code locked on. Betonline, your online sportsbook experts. So I want to talk about the upcoming schedule here, but first something to keep an eye on next week and something we're going to do weekly going forward. I think a lot of you have seen stuff about the locker room app on Twitter where we're going to start doing a weekly locked on Pelicans locker room session, maybe 30 minutes to start. Maybe it gets going longer. We're going to pick basically like the same day and just make it a weekly thing. You'll hear a little bit more about how that all works. But in the meantime, if you want, take a look at the Locker Room app. Um, download it to your, your mobile phone. It looks really cool. It's a great way for me to interact with you live in the moment. I'm talking, but I can let other people talk as well. So I'm going to get to hear your takes and your thoughts on things. And everyone else in the room in the group who's logged on with us at the same time is going to get to hear your voice as well. So it's your time to shine, and I'm excited to interact with you all. So keep an eye on that. We're going to be doing those weekly, probably starting next week. All right, so the second half of the season gets underway tonight, and we'll preview this game against the Timberwolves coming up here in just a minute. But we're going to get an idea of what the second half of the season is going to look like really, really soon. These next two games against the Timberwolves and then second night of back-to-back against the Cleveland Cavaliers on Friday, which is probably going to be tougher than you realize, is really important and something that New Orleans is really going to have to take care of Business with because they are going to have a rough rough schedule coming up. After that game against Cavaliers Sunday, they're home against the Clippers. Then they have a rough three-game road trip, two games against Portland, and then one game against Denver. Then back home against Los Angeles, Denver, Dallas, and then finishing up the month of March at the Boston Celtics. That is a rough, what is it, eight-game stretch right there. The trade deadline comes in after... Uh, five of those games. And say New Orleans goes 0 for 5 during that stretch. They are staring no playoffs straight in the face. They're already three games out. Going through a rough stretch, one of seven, 0 for eight, two for six, even during this eight-game stretch, is going to kind of just point you to the direction their season's going to go. At that point, falling more than three games behind and potentially getting to like five or six, maybe even more, I don't know if that's going to really make it possible for them to kind of get back into the playoff hunt, that play-in tournament hunt. At that point, does the team switch to the youth movement? We heard, and I railed against it right before the All-Star break, the things that David Griffin had said. They're not just going to hand minutes to young guys, even if those young guys are out playing the starters, right? And Kyra Lewis Jr. and Eric Bledsoe. At a certain point, though, when do you go to that? When the season is lost is usually when that period is. This stretch could mean the season's lost. Might not. We're not we you know, they might tread enough water there to keep it close, but if you start to get six, seven games out of the tent spot, you know, I don't know if this team's able to come back from it. There's no reason to think that you're going to start to see incremental improvement defensively from this team over the next couple of weeks. And, you know, Stan Van Gundy said it is media availability. Here's the quote. It's not hard to know what you need to do differently. The problem is, when are we going to work on that stuff? They play 36 games in 67 days. They have 11 practices total, total the rest of the way. That's one practice for every three games or so. You don't really have a lot of time to work that improvement in. It's just the factors of the COVID shortened season, the travel schedule, the limits on all of that. None of this is going to be easy going forward. So, at a certain point, if the season does become lost, and look, New Orleans might be staring that straight in the face, do you then just kind of readjust your priorities, start to think differently about what you want to do? And honestly, I do hope that that is what New Orleans plans to do. I'd like to see more Kyra Lewis Jr. and some more youth movement, mainly Kyra, going forward. That's the stretch that it's going to be. The second half of the year is going to be rough. If New Orleans does show incremental improvement on defense and they start to peak towards the end and they make a run in the final two, three weeks of the season, they could still get in and then they will be a scary team. question is, do you believe that's going to happen or not? Right now, I'm not there to think that, though certainly they they could end up getting it done, and I've been wrong before, but no reason to believe it so far. But it's this stretch coming up after these next two home games where, woof, this is what's going to make or break the season for the Pelicans. So we'll preview tonight's game against the Timberwolves' revenge game coming up here in just a minute. But before we do that, today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. If you repair and work on your car yourself, you want to save a little bit more money, rockauto.com is a place to do it. I've been using it for a very long time. I finally got all of those parts installed in my car really excited about it, then something else broke. The the hood latch release cable and now I can't get the hood open, which is kind of ironic and I haven't been able to start it all up. But you know what? I at least feel okay about all the work I did before something else broke because I saved hundreds, if not thousands of dollars ordering all of the parts from rockauto.com because their prices are lower than anywhere else I've found. Seriously, do not pay up to twice as much or 30, 50% more, twice as much more for the same parts. Go to rockauto.com a family company that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years they've got everything you could need engine control modules radiators hopefully and they're going to have them i just haven't gotten a chance to look at it just yet um hood release cables and latches and all of that their catalog is unique really easy to navigate and you can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and yeah those cheap prices that you prefer so go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com So again, once a week, come in a Locked on Pelicans live locker room chat. We might even use some of it. If you guys are good, if you come on with real good takes, real good opinions, and maybe interesting trade deals too, and we can put them here on the Locked on Pelicans podcast, but it's going to be once a week. Download that locker room app wherever you get your apps from, uh, and I'm looking forward to being able to chat a little bit more intimately with you all in a different setting and hear your thoughts on the team so interesting as I'm recording this I see the news about LaMarcus Aldridge and the Spurs that they are kind of mutually going to part ways and try and find a trade for him and if that doesn't end up working out by the trade deadline likely going to be a buyout and if he's going to get bought out why would you trade for him so kind of interesting to see that he's owed a lot of money 25 million 24 million so kind of curious to see how this is going to go but they that spices up the trade market just a little bit but tonight is a game day for New Orleans as they take on the Minnesota Timberwolves losing already once to them on the road to a very depleted Minnesota Timberwolves team. And the Timberwolves are the worst team in the league. They have the second to worst offense, the sixth worst defense out there. So they are not a good team whatsoever. They haven't won a game um, in quite a while. Going back to February 14th was the last time they won a game. We're about a month away from that. So real rough year for them. Very disappointed. Um, And you've got no D'Angelo Russell in the lineup for New Orleans, but there still is Carl Anthony Towns. They're without Malik Beasley as well. Their second leading scorer who's been suspended due to off court issues it's it's a game that New Orleans should win but we've seen this team come out flat against feisty other teams and you know what this could be another one this is where New Orleans is just going to need to put in the effort to try and win they're better straight up they are a better team there isn't a whole lot that Minnesota does well they're good at forcing turnovers that's really it like that's the only good thing they do defensively they limit three-point attempts, but that means because teams are just going right at the rim, so Zion should feast, feast in this game. B.I. should be able to get to the rim a little bit more than what his season average is. This is a game New Orleans should win, but we've seen them kind of get bit by this before. If they want to show us that they can make a run in the second half of the season, it's got to be in this game. It's got to be in next game, too. We just went over how rough the eight-game stretch after these two games are. you got to defend home court here. This is going to tell you a lot about the makeup of the squad. You're rested, you're not tired, you've had a couple of days of practice and kind of getting back into the swing of things. This is your time to make a statement and write the ship and march towards the playoffs. They don't do that in this game. You know, It's it tells you a lot about them, right? And we should probably believe who they are at that point and kind of really see this team for what it is maybe. So they should win this game. Also of note for the Pelicans, no J.J. Redick. You know, could that be... They're saying right heel soreness. Maybe that's true, or is it just going to kind of sit him, not risk an injury leading up to the NBA's trade deadline? That's where you start to kind of get into all this territory now as things are going on. So again, Minnesota forces you to turn the ball over at, at an okay enough rate. They're top third in the league with that, but don't really do anything else. So as long as New Orleans cuts down on some of those turnovers, and they've been good about that recently, I thought, you should be able to win. You should be able to put up points against this team. They shouldn't score enough. They're going to score more than their season average because I don't believe in this team, in the Pell's defense. But probably not enough to win the game. So it should be. should be an easy win. And I know I've said that and it comes out wrong. But come on, am I going to say they're going to lose to the Timberwolves? No. But this is a game that's going to tell us a lot about where they are mentally and other things for the remainder of the season. So hopefully they start this one off right and get a much-needed victory here and then a much-needed victory tomorrow night which of course we will preview for that coming up on tomorrow's show so that's going to do it for this edition of Lockdown Pelicans thank you all very much for listening as always I'm your host Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter be back with you all tomorrow to preview to recap this game and preview the two games over the weekend